Welcome to track number nine of God's Banquet. Thank you, Jesus, for this great blessing, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Is ready to begin. The feast is ready. 
will you join me? Will you sing with me? How this wonderful banquet you looking forward to the wonderful day. wonderful banquet. Hebrews chapter 5. We are going to study Hebrews chapter 5. Every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he might offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Amen. So your calling and your opportunity is the opportunity Number one, to be taken from amongst men. Amen? You are being taken from among ordinary men. Amen. Hello? You are not being taken from among angels. Amen? You are not being taken from among supernatural beings. You are being taken from among men. Amen. Among women. Hallelujah. In things pertaining to God. Wow. How many want to be involved in things pertaining to God? Things that have to do with God. Amen? Is it fantastic? Somebody like you. 
and somebody like me. Your affairs are things to do with God. Is it not amazing? Is it not amazing? Wow. So this is your calling. This is the invitation. This is the banquet. Things to do with God. Things to do with God. Things to do with God. Things pertaining to, to God. Anything about God. Anything. He doesn't even say to preaching. This is, this is one of the things you must get about the ministry. It's not necessarily preaching. So many people work for the Lord without preaching. They work for God. They work in things pertaining to God. That is why David said, I prefer to be the housekeeper, the doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to be dwelling amongst the tents of the wicked. So things that have to do with God, God's garden, God's banquet, God's, God's grass, God's food, God's servants, things pertaining to God. I love it. I want it. I like it. I'm glad, I'm glad God has given me the opportunity to, to, to be involved in things pertaining, you know, that have something to do with God. Wow! Isn't it not fantastic? If you are a secretary typing, when you have received a call of God, you now begin to type things pertaining to God. You see, many years ago, we had a pastor called Pastor Joel. And he was working in England. And I remember he was working in a company which was selling water. And I was trying to tell him that he needs to come to the banquet. To do to have something to do with things that pertain to God. But he was upset. And he said to me that he's allergic to the topic that I'm bringing. The banquet topic. Can you imagine becoming allergic to a banquet? Huh? It's an allergy to the subject of coming to work. So at the point I was explaining to him that you are selling water. The work you do pertains to water. And I'm inviting you to do something that pertains to God. And you are annoyed. Hey! Allergies were developed. One day, I visited a full gospel breakfast meeting. And I was the preacher. When I went there, the president of that full gospel businessman's conference was an accountant. I think he was an accountant. Is it in that volume? And I finished preaching and everything. But then I found out that the work that this man does was as an accountant of 
the main tobacco company in Ghana. The president of the full gospel. And as I look at it, I realize that his work pertains to tobacco. Is it not amazing? When God says, come, the feast is ready to begin. Ready to begin. When the Lord says the feast is ready to begin, come and let us do something that pertains, has anything to do with God. Wow. What an invitation. Every high priest is taken from among men. Number one, you are not an angel. You are selected from ordinary people. And ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Wow. Is it not amazing? Now, you are ordained for men. You must realize in the ministry that you have been brought for some people. Okay? You must orient your... That's the third thing that you must know from this scripture. We are doing a Bible study in Hebrews chapter 5. It says, For every high priest is taken from among men. That is the first point. You have been taken from men and not from angels. Number two, it is to do with things. Your, now your new life has to do with things pertaining to God. Wow. Glory to God. One day, a certain sister became a doctor. And I called her, I invited her to come and work in things pertaining to God. In the bookshop, she was to sell books instead of being a doctor. In things pertaining to sicknesses. And her relatives and friends, her family and friends, were upset and felt that I was destroying her life. Your life is not being destroyed when you are being selected from among men to do things that pertain with God. You wait and see. It's just a matter of time. You're going to be dead and gone forever. There are more people dead than those that are alive. If you like, look and see. Your days are numbered. Your minutes are ticking away. One day, a certain brother lost his way and found himself walking through a cemetery. And as he walked, he looked at the tombs, the tombstones that written on them, Rest in peace. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord, for they shall rest from their labors. Gone too soon. What a shock. shock. (laughs) Different things. And he was just thinking about each message on each grave. And he was also looking at the dates. Because you look at the dates, born, die. Born, die. Realize that not over 78, some 20, 30, 40, when you go. Then he came across one. And that one said, I was once like you. And you shall soon be like me. 
not a saint. He was so upset. The guy has written on his grave. I was once like you, walking through the cemetery, reading, musing, wondering, what are these dead people? The guy had written on his grave, I was once like you, and you shall soon be like me. Mercy. So when I'm inviting you for things pertaining to God, whether it's books pertaining to God, whether it's typing letters pertaining to God, whether it's security work pertaining to God, whether it is making the garden pertaining to God, whether it is uh, making tea that pertains to God, security man pertaining to God, ah! you should be saying, ah, anything that pertains to God, it is around the God somewhere. I love. I can't hear you. I say, I love. Because it has to do with God. One of the things I, I love is I love building. Since I started building, it became, you know, building is a kind of like a drug. I mean, construction. You love it. You like going to the site. You like seeing how the building is coming up, following the construction. I love it. But I'm glad that all the things that I build are pertaining to God. Wow. Is it not exciting? To do something pertaining to God. Amen. Alright. So that's the second point. The third one is that you are ordained for men. For human beings. And we are ordained for how many men? All men. And who else are you ordained for? All flesh. And who else are you ordained for? Multitudes. And who else are you ordained for? Great multitudes. And who else are you ordained for? Thirsty people. And who else are you ordained for? Those who are heavy laden. Wow. Laden with sins. And yesterday we were sharing about how sin is a burden. Sin is not a Ghana must go back. Sin is not a Samsonite which can carry an elephant. It's not a polytank that can carry water or dollars. The next one is that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Amen. The main work of a priest, somebody who is called to be a priest. How many are called to be priests here? Come on, I want to see your hand, baby. Do you love being a priest? You don't necessarily have to wear a collar to be a priest. Are you ordained for men? I can't hear you. Are you ordained for men? Are you ordained from among men? Are you doing something pertaining to God? That's what it means. To offer sacrifices and gifts. Now, the great sacrifice that we can offer, there are several sacrifices that a priest is called upon to offer. But in the Old Testament, they would offer one sheep, one impala, one goat, one cow. Depending on how rich the people were, they would bring you. You may think that people were always bringing cows. But ladies and gentlemen, you must know that it is not always so. Some were bringing pigeons, different things. So they make these sacrifices. 
Now, it's the same thing that you as a minister are going to be presenting sacrifices to the Lord. God sees you as somebody who is bringing sacrifices to Him. You offer yourself as a sacrifice. I didn't write the Bible. Present your body a living sacrifice. You present yourself. One version says present yourself. Another version says present your body. You present yourself. You are the number one sacrifice. There's no more sheep, nobody, no more goats. It's you, brother. Turn your neighbor and say, neighbor. It's all about you. You're going to offer sacrifices. Wow. Is it not amazing? Now, is it too difficult for you to be here early in the morning, late in the evening, to sacrifice your little sleep for just a bit of time? You know, sometimes when we complain in the house of the Lord, it's so sad because God has called us to be people that will pertain to God and be offering gifts and sacrifice. Your money is the lowest gift you can give to God. But usually it's the first thing that you see when somebody has got a problem, when he cannot give his money. That is why I love to have people give themselves. The Bible says they first give themselves. You have to give yourself. When you give yourself to the Lord, after that you can give anything else. It's nothing. As you get older and as you get more into the Lord, you realize that what I have is for the Lord anyway. Money is nothing. Money, you know, some years ago, I went to Korea and I went to a pastor and I asked him to pray for me for my church to grow. He said, look, don't. Don't worry about your church growing. That's not important. He said, your church, it will grow. What you need to be concerned about is to, to know God, to be close to God. And I was, I, was, I, was, I was not happy with this response. Because I needed my church to grow. Yeah. But you see, that's how it is when you are at a certain stage and somebody tells, money is not important. You look at yeah, Maybe you have it, so that is why you are saying it. Yeah. So that's why when I was asking this guy, pray for me for my church to grow up, and he said that I was I was not happy. I said, ah, your church has grown, so you know that's why you are saying church. That's not important. But you see, after the years have gone by, I realize it's true. That's the, it's the, that's not the point. The church will go, you it's important that you survive. Recently, one of our pastors, I, I was forced to make some changes in his life. But all those changes I made was just to save him. That's for the church. It will work. People don't know. You know, people think when you leave a church, the church will, will get spoiled. Now, number two, they think that when you change the pastor, the church will go down. You know? Since I handed the Kodesh over to uh, Bishop Saki or the cathedral, it has grown bigger. The attendance, the numbers, the people, everything has grown bigger. I have grown to respect church and not the person. Yeah. When I preached recently this year, I, I, I started doing a little series. So many people in the church were coming. Ha! Bishop can preach. We never knew that he could preach. So they, they don't know me to be somebody who, who preaches. I never, I never preached there. Last year, I, never, I preached there only twice. So, Bishop, people will be having discussions. Yeah. Ha! Bishop! He can preach. I never knew that he could preach. They think I, I can't even preach. Maybe like I'm a figurehead that the church was giving to me. 
But the church is very resilient. The church is very resilient. An elephant, when even an elephant loses weight and you see it moving by, you, you can't even see that it has lost weight. It's a what? Elephant. The church is more than an elephant. Amen. Are you there? But what is important is you. You must be okay. You must survive. Because you, when you don't survive as an individual, no church can come out of you. Because the church is the pastor. The pastor makes the church. So I'm more concerned about the pastor surviving than the church. As for the church, I know it will, it will be okay. That's what Archbishop told me when we, when we went through a crisis. He said, as for the church, it will be okay. You! I am concerned about you that you don't become bitter. And he said, your message will change. You become bitter. This government. He said, forget about these people. He said, wherever you are, the church will come out of you again. Wow. Yeah. That it is you that have to survive. That's what he told me. Amen. And it's true. So, we are concerned that you should do well. And everything has to do with you. You, 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 you. You present yourself. You do well. You have to be okay. You have to be humble. You have to learn. You have to not become bitter. Amen. Are you there? So, you must offer yourself, and that's why I say that, it's you offering yourself, not the money. Your money is not what is important, but it is you. That's why I'm closer to pastors than millionaires. I'm not even close to millionaires. I don't have even one businessman or millionaire, unless you become a pastor. My friends and the close people are pastors, not, not money makers. It's true. No, not that they are not my friends. I know that I know a lot. I can, actually, businessmen who really understand business, they are some of the people I can sit down and chat with. Because, yeah, because, because, even though I don't preach it, I know it. I know certain things about business and making money. I've been a businessman before. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Amen. But you see, the people that said pastor that I should be close with are not politicians. Businessmen. I have to be close to other pastors. Pastors must be my friends. That are really those who are close to me. Amen. I'm ordained to offer sacrifice of myself. Money is the least, but it's also a sacrifice. Amen. And sacrifices, sacrifices, to collect sacrifices from the people to offer to God. Yeah. I'm supposed to collect sacrifices from the people to offer to God. Is that not what the priest does? So that's why I saw Big Daddy. And I carried him in my car to Kumasi. And as I was driving to Kumasi, I was bargaining with him. That, Brother, I need to offer you also. For <laughs> <laughs> my duty is to offer sacrifices. Which sacrifice? I can give myself, but my own will be finished soon. I have to add others. 
and offer them. Yeah. And Dr. Go. I called him. I said, you don't appreciate your salvation. Have I not told you before? Huh? <laughs> Did I tell you? You told me. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I you mean, couldn't I, believe it? I couldn't believe it. I've been a pastor, lay pastor for about 14, 13 years. Serving God, doing my best, healing Jesus. You were in healing Jesus crusade. Yeah, I was, even though I was a lay pastor, I was attending every crusade, everywhere. So I thought that and I was, was on stage with me. I was on stage doing my my lecture. So I thought that Bishop was going to say, "It's a, it's a great thing. I, I mean, you are doing well. You you understand <laughs> salvation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what a shock!" <laughs> One night we were walking somewhere and he told me, I thought, so go, you don't understand your salvation. What a shock! <laughs> but he explained it to me and he showed me where I had come from and where I came from was, was far. <laughs> deep, deep and wide and far. You know, but as he explained, I realized that what God had done for me I was not giving out a commensurate, reasonable sacrifice. You know, sometimes you can be doing something and because of the fans you get, your, your friends telling you you are doing well and so on, you may easily lose out on God's verdict. And it takes a pastor to give you God's verdict. And I'm glad I listened to it. And I moved along the line I should go. And I feel that I'm still being cured in the intensive care unit. <laughs> what a shock! Tell somebody, what a shock! You see, that's how I think it is. Spiritual things, uh, when you are told, you are shocked that you are this. Hey! That's, that's how, especially sometimes when you, when you talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, you tell the person, you are this, you have this way. Rarely do people believe you. They, they can't. And I, can't, I thought, to me, I said, if there was anybody to me who did not appreciate his salvation, it was Dr. Ogo. Even though he was with me in the Healing Jesus Crusade, even though he was a lay pastor, even though he was everything, I felt this is not somebody who really appreciates his salvation. He feels that he's the type who should be saved. But it's not easy to see. He was doing everything. He has a church. He does this. He does that. But to me, he didn't appreciate the salvation. Yeah. Wow. What a shock. <laughs> hey. Number two. And number, how many do you have? Four. Five. And you have to read verse two now. Who can have compassion on the ignorant? And on them that are out of the way. For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. So the next thing that you are called to do is to have compassion on the ignorant. Wow. Huh? To have compassion on the ignorant. This is the high priestly work. This is what God has called us to do. To do things pertaining to God. And number five, to, have to do things that 
are showing compassion or having compassion on, on what? On the ignorant. And the next one is to having compassion on people that are out of the way. Wow. This is the work of a person who has been invited to the banquet. To have compassion on the ignorant. Wow. Now, how many know that we do not know many things? Huh? But you know, not everybody is able to have compassion or patience on people that are ignorant. Huh? Yeah. But this is our calling. To, to, when you say compassion, you feel sorry for the person. Not angry. Not irritated. Not frustrated. Not ready to eject. Ready to suck. Ready to delete. Ready to drive away. Ready to destroy. No. Ready to have pity. Pity. On those who don't know that much. Wow. Now, why is it that people don't know much? Why is it that people don't know much? They don't read. Sometimes they don't read, but sometimes they read and they still don't know much. Huh? Why? Why, why is it that people don't know much? Huh? Why, why are people ignorant? People are ignorant largely because they have not had certain experiences. That's one of the reasons why people are ignorant. Anytime you see somebody who does not have some experience, like you have, you, can under, you, can, you must expect the person to be ignorant. Amen. You must expect the person to be ignorant. And you must know how to have compassion on them and not to be irritated or angry. Yeah. Why, 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 why do I say, if I give an example of Pastor Clufio sitting here, at a point, he, he was talk, behaving in a certain way or having a certain way. I realized he does not have the experience of full-time ministry. When he has the full-time of ministry, as he's now a missionary in Ethiopia, you see that because he has that experience, he can now know certain things. And that is why we say to, if you are a lay pastor, you have to respect full-time. And if you are a full-time pastor, automatically you must respect the lay pastor. Because you've been a lay pastor before. Do you understand? Yeah. But many times, people don't know certain things just because they haven't had certain experience. Oh, the thing has smashed on your face. Just uh, don't, don't put it in your face. Yeah. Just go out and wash it with some. The, the um, butterfly has gone. Has entered the many who are no more. <laughs> hey, you may not understand me because you have never had some experiences that I have had. That is why you may not understand me. So, any time you see somebody who is doing something, 
You may never know limited. And then also, you have never experienced. When you have experienced, you don't know. I remember when Bishop Saki's wife died. I've never felt more inadequate in advising somebody than in those days. Why? Because when you see something that is happening to somebody and you haven't experienced one before, be careful. Before you start talking like an elephant who is blowing... (laughs) Before you start speaking like an elephant who is blowing what? That's the sound. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know what it is like. The person that was lying by you is now in the mortuary. Is in a coffin. Is in a grave. You have your children. You have to explain to them. You don't know. I had no, I have not experienced such a thing before. We go, we play golf, we go, come back, we are there. No, I can't even imagine. Not, I can't even imagine. I don't know. So before I say, I should do what? Shut up. So many things I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't say. Even there is some advice that I wanted to give to him. I just, I just restrained myself. I just restrain myself before I become like a what? An elephant who is saying what? <laughs> it's a sound. You see that you are now no more speaking but making sounds. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are ignorant and are, out, are ignorant because they don't know what it is. One day I was discussing with I was telling them, ah, if my wife was to die there, by the grace of God, I would like to never marry again. And he looked at me and said, Bishop, you will marry. <laughs> so, before I said the word, pain, I shut up. <laughs> hey! You may never know Limited. (laughs) 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 Hey! Hmm. When somebody is ignorant, (laughs) one day I saw a little elephant. (laughs) A sister. Who has turned herself into an elephant saying what? She was talking about her mother. I said, I don't, mommy doesn't take her time. Mommy, this, this, this. When she's talking with daddy, mommy, this. So I said, hey, you have not even married. You have not got a beloved. You are facing mommy. You are facing mommy. You know? So when you. When you don't know something, you have a way of speaking that really reveals how ignorant you are. 
when I relate with Bishop Dakawina, when I saw him experiencing his divorce and all those things, I just look and I realize that I was seeing things that I did not know about, that I have never known. Because I'm, I'm quite close. And as I look, I say, wow. Wow. Before I should be found saying what? Pain. Pain. I should just be quiet. Huh? Yeah. It's a pain. (laughs) It's true. So as you grow, you realize you realize that somebody is only speaking a certain way because he has not experienced one before. One day I had an orangu in my church. And I was, I wouldn't say I was even dealing with him. I would say I was experiencing him. Because in those days, I, I was new to orangus. So I was more experiencing and handling and trying to move on. Then, one of my pastors said, was talking about me. And he said, not criticizing me, but he was making his comments. That's why you have to learn what CNN, what BBC, what the reporters. You hear this word often. We have no comment to make at this time. We have no comment to make at this time. The White House would not comment on this. You have to learn not to comment on things. You have to learn to say, I have no comment on this at this time. I have no comment to make at this time. Yeah. So he had a comment to make about my handling of the orangu. So I said, Lord, grant him knowledge. Grant him knowledge. Hey! He, he began to experience a certain orangu. Even he had to have visions and dreams. The guy, he has never experienced somebody. When you have somebody near you who starts to pick you up on your way of doing things, on your person, on your, what, he had, he had, all the people he had had were people that flow and the, but when you meet somebody who look at you with an eye, you never forget limited. <laughs> it's another company. Yeah, it's another company. You, 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 may, you may never know limited that is also registered. If you haven't seen it, when you have somebody who looks at you in a way, uh, May never forget limited. Hey! So he had this guy talk about him, how he is, what is he doing financially. He is the only one who is enjoying certain things. They are like what nobody's. This uh, he could not believe it. Then he started to complain to his wife, this guy, this and that. And he will also tell me. Then I would listen to him. One day he told his wife, Bishop is the only one who understands me. <laughs> Before you say what? <laughs> Be calm. Be calm. I have no comment to make at this time. So ladies and gentlemen, people are out of the way often because they are ignorant. There is a certain sister She's called Efwa. Efwa. Today she's 
working in the ministry. Very busy. When I see her, she's a symbol of people who are some way, they don't want to be full time. And they have a mind. So now that she's in the ministry, I look at her and I say, you, she, she cannot even sleep. Because I wanted her to, to be one of my secretaries. And for years, she wouldn't want to. I'll see her, look at what is wrong with this person. Now that she's working, she said, Bishop, it's not, you don't know, you can't see. Yeah. Many times I used to see her. I was even surprised. It was Bishop Eddie who was able to convince her to work for the Lord. When he said, I said, may, may the Lord help, may you be, be over there. Be over there. <laughs> yeah. And, and she, she gave him herself. Now that she's working, she has no time to sleep. This work, the work of God is said that when you don't do it, it will be there. It doesn't speak. It will be there. It will never say anything. And, and it doesn't, when you start doing it, it never gets finished. That's how the, this work is. And as you do, you realize that you can't even finish. But when you are not doing it, it will be there like that, as if there's nothing to do. That's how the work of God is. That is why one day I asked a pastor, would you be ready to work for the Lord full time? He said, if there is something to do. If there is something to do. He realized that the person doesn't know. He says, that's why a pastor is supposed to have compassion on people that are ignorant. Not to throw them out of the mass. Because sometimes when you meet an ignorant person and he's talking, you just want to throw the person away. Eject. Eject. Get away. Yeah. That's why sometimes we will even keep our lives out of view of the ignorance and them that are out of the way. Yeah. Lest they get a chance to say what? Bam. But you must, you must really respect things you don't know. Or you have any experience. Respect it. Yeah. I have no comment to make at this time. Amen? Amen. Amen. The next one is that. The next thing that. What, what is the topic even? What, what, what is the topic? Hebrews 5. Bible study. Priestly work. Okay. The next thing is that you must be able to minister even though you are compassed with infirmities. You must accept that you are compassed with infirmities. Look at Hebrews chapter 5 verse 2. The last, it says that he has compassion on the ignorant, compassion on them that are out of the way, for that he himself is also compassed with infirmity. You must see that you are compassed with infirmity. You must see that you are weak. You must accept that you are... When the word says compassed, what does it mean? Surrounded. What? Enveloped. In weakness. Immersed. Overwhelmed. But you see, most of us, when we speak, 
We don't sound like we are compassed with infirmity. We sound like we are compassed with strength, righteousness, goodness, abilities. You know? You are powerful. You know a lot. Like you, you must know that you are compassed with infirmity. And that is why, see, you are able to have compassion on others. Yeah. Your most difficult work as a pastor must always be to judge somebody. It must be the most difficult job that you must hate when you are forced to pass judgment and to rule and decide. It must be your most difficult work always because it's the worst job in the whole ministry is to take decisions about people. <laughs> because what? You yourself are compassed. We are com- unwell, compassed about with infirmity. It's the worst part of it. If there is any part of the ministry that is revulsive and dangerous, it is passing judgments. I mean decisions. Have to take you. I've decided that you are not this. And therefore, because of that, this is what is going to happen to you. Hey! Whatever it is applied to you. With the same size of ruler. What about if the ruler that is you use was 10 inches? And it was used to measure you and declare that you are too long or too short. Hmm. So it's difficult. But unfortunately, we often are forced to do this terrible job. Terrible. Terrible job. And most of the people that you pass judgment on don't believe that they are. You see, when you do prison visitation, the first thing you learn is that every prisoner is not guilty. They all think they are not guilty. People genuinely think they are not guilty. And people rarely admit things till they can. You see somebody like uh, President Bagbo in. Ivory Coast. They surrounded him and sur- surrounded him. Sur- he said he would negotiate when they were about to capture him. Most people will not negotiate properly and humbly unless they see that their backs are to the wall. That's why sometimes you give people a chance to negotiate without them realizing that their backs is their last chance. You give them a chance to see whether they have a soft heart. You say, what about this? this is, will you change? Do you agree? Do you admit? No. Never. I did. Then you have to show them photographs. Look at this photograph. Is it not you? <gasps> ah! Oh, yes. In fact, I'm sorry, Pa. Look. Okay. You know, I want to just check. Yeah. But when, when, they, when, they, when they had an option, they wouldn't negotiate. They wouldn't discuss. They wouldn't be humble. When they realized that their back is against the wall and every, everybody knows or whatever, that is when they say, Look, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I've been so sorry about this. I've been praying about it. I didn't know how to say but I wanted to come. But, but it's too late. So, brothers and sisters, seeing that we ourselves are compassed with infirmity, we should be softer. A, a good pastor must be soft with people. Give them a hundred chances. Recently, I was speaking to a pastor who went away for about ten years, nine to eight years. He came back. And I was talking with him. 
And then I was telling him some of the things he told me. He said to me, I was reading the letters I wrote to you. He has all of them. And I told him, I also have all. All the letters you wrote to me, I have all of them. And I told him something he wrote to me eight years ago when he was angry. He said, you have a very good memory because I read it yesterday and I was feeling shy of the letter that I wrote. I said, oh, I remember. This is what you told me. You rebuked me about this. You rebuked me about this. So then he, he turned to him and said, do, do you still love me? I said, oh, I don't have a choice. I love you. I love you. And I told him, I'm going to make a party for you. He said, I'm going to make a party for you. Yeah, I have a cow. I have cows. Unfortunately, they haven't become so many. Since I started many years ago, they were ten. Now they are 11. <laughs> you may never know limited. When God says, when your heads and your flocks are multiplying, uh, you don't know that. You see, that's what I was trying to explain to you yesterday, that you are called there. Don't think it's a general thing. Don't think it's a normal thing. Don't think it's a natural thing. Everybody, everybody is liked. Everybody is wanted. Not everybody is liked. Not everybody. In this world, you may get about 10 people who will like you. The whole of your life. You watch and see. You, you go through the whole life. You see that this person likes me, this person likes this person likes this person. Finish. If you even get 10. When you see that somebody likes you, then you have to start one. So what is God doing? You cannot easily get it limited. <laughs> it's a subsidiary. <laughs> It's true. You will not be going through life. I think that so many people like you, so many people want you, so many people want to be with you, so many want to talk to you. Uh, If you like, start checking. Count, count and see. Count and see. You see how many have really like liked you, chosen you, talked to you, wanted you. You will be surprised. Very few. If you like, check it up and see. Amen. I was telling you something. What was I telling you? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm, and I'm, it's the party I'm doing. I'm doing it for him. With a cow. I've got a cow and I've got a, a small one. It will have to be sacrificed for that. I will, I will do that party. I'm very happy that you. In fact, recently, one of my pastors, I transferred him. He became angry and went into the deep blue sea. So later I heard that he had raised a flag. SOS, SOS, please come and take me from the water. So as I was thinking, I, I was in the hotel. And then I heard, I heard the news that he was waving the SOS flag. So in the evening, I was just getting ready to sleep. I lay down in my bed. I said, ah, something very good has happened. Something very good has happened. There's some good news. There's some good news. But I couldn't trace it. Then I traced in my mind. Because sometimes you have to trace. Why are you depressed or why are you happy? Yeah, it's important to pinpoint, especially if you are depressed. Pinpoint, you see that you can overcome it. So I was tracing to see why I was up there. I realized that, ah, this my son was lost. And he has raised SOS, Father, come and take me from the sea. Yeah. You must have compassion. Because you yourself, you know that you are compassed with weaknesses. What will you do? You forgive. Yeah. You don't you don't ban your child. Hmm? 
So what I'm trying to say to you is that you as a pastor, you have to love the people. Love the good ones, the bad ones, the ugly ones. You have to care. You have to like them. Because you know that you yourself, Charlie, if they measure you now, it will not be good. Now, verse 3. And by reason hereof, he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer sins. To offer for sins. He has to offer sins, forgiveness for himself and for the people. Mercy. Huh? By reason hereof, as for the people, amen, amen. he has to offer for sins, amen, for himself and for the people. These are the two sinners, the people and the pastor. <laughs> In fact, your, your sins are so many as a pastor that you alone is equal to all the people. Amen. Are you listening to me? I didn't write the Bible. So don't, don't look at me as if I wrote the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. The Bible was written before I was born. Actually, I was even given one when I was Christian. Amen. You have to pray every day. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Pastors who don't pray for forgiveness, you are not grown to a certain level. Spiritually. It's not thinking of yourself in a bad way. But it is growing to truly see it in yourself. But I'll tell you that it's not easy to see it in yourself. Especially if you don't do any of the big five. There are, we have big five sins. Fornication, adultery, smoking, drinking, stealing, murder, abortion. I mean, they are big five. You see, you did them physically. When you don't do the big five, you don't easily see that you are compassed with infirmities. This is the big problem. So pastors don't come. I can say a great... I started confessing sin because we are taught in SU. Confess your sin. Confess your sin. Every day we confess sins of omission, sins of commission. We were always confessing. But then it reached a time when I, I started to look down on that. Sins of omission. I haven't done anything. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm covered by the blood. I'm cleansed by the blood. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. I'm a, I am a new creation. I am a brand new man. Old things are passed away. Oh, I'm born again. More, I'm a mother than a conqueror. I'm not a sinner. I'm a mother than a conqueror. I'm not a sinner. Why should I be confessing my sins? Why should I come to the cross? People will laugh. We are no more under the cross. We are on the throne. Why should you come and hide myself under the cross? Hide me behind it. Why should I hide behind I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the throne. Wow! Wow! It's too great. So we stop confessing sins. But as I've kept on walking closer with the Lord, I feel closer to the Lord now than I've ever felt. Yeah. I feel more radical than I've ever felt. In addition to that, I feel more evil. <laughs> Higher. And if you read Regina's book, he'll tell you. He said, the closer and higher you get to God, the less confidence you have in yourself. Wow. Truly and genuinely. Not that they say. 
Not that they tell somebody, not that they say. Not that you have committed the big five. Uh-huh. These are these are it's two things. Not that somebody will tell you, number one, or number two, that you have committed any of the big five sins. But still you can see. And that is one of the reasons why many ladies cannot see in themselves how evil and wicked they are. Because a lady, first of all, dresses nicely, beautifully, looks nice, etc., etc. Number two, her sins are not usually in the big five category where you physically see the sin that the person is doing. But they are, no. I mean, ladies, you are not thinking about last. You don't have last and all these things. I mean, it's not in that way. Yeah. We, we know we are the ones who have those problems. Brothers, are we not here? We know, we know the problems that we have. But the ladies, they, they don't have such things. I mean, do you think Ida who is sitting here is having last? She's feeling last or she's having one to fornication or... I mean, she doesn't even like it. Huh? Her mouth is watering when she sees Bishop Saki. She says, Only a strange woman with me. We, we know ourselves. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, even though I'm married, Lord. Oh, a prophet, oh, a man of God. Oh, but as for the ladies, they don't, they don't, they don't have all these things. They're surprised at us. What a shock! What a shock! Man of, man of God, is that what you are saying? Is that how you are thinking? Huh? Is that what you look at? Is that how you feel? Are you animals? What, what, are, you, what are you thinking about? So the ladies, they, they look at us and they despise us. So, I am holier than thou. But not knowing that within you, there are more dangerous ones. Like pride, pride. A lot of women are proud. You see your pride in your marriage. When you can never say, never give in, never agree, never flow, never back down, never say sorry, never say die, never yield, never bend. You saw how proud you are like Lucifer himself. But only that has not been revealed to you. You see how jealous you are. You don't want anybody around. When you see your husband talking to somebody... And she's smiling sweetly. You say, you sweet, sweet, get out of there. Don't have such sweet smiles in this church. Now, move out. You woman? You woman? You tired of job? You bet? Because your husband has talked to the girl, you bet? You bet with him? You tired of pain? Move your job? 
Humor? Yes, humor, humor, that's right. Bitterness and, and, the, and the things that are in them too, they are things that take you to hell. Yeah. Outer darkness, hell. You wouldn't forgive. It makes you never pray to be answered. As I have grown and I have known ministers who have been married in higher, higher levels, almost all, almost 100%, if you go into the detail, it is caused by the woman. That's what I, I found. Because, you know, when you sit down and you analyze things, you find that although both are wrong, you see that the principal contributor to this problem is whatever. In the ministers of the gospel that I have seen, almost 100% have seen that it has always caused by the woman. Almost 100 I've been doing this for some time. There are unrelated cases. I've watched one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.